Hi, everyone. It's your host, Mariah E. Gates, and this is another episode of Prague Save America, a podcast about all things Prague Rock, Bob Dylan, and the boss himself, Bruce Springsteen. If you've listened before, you know that every episode I'm joined by a guest who shares at least one of these passions. This week, I'm joined by Carolyn Madden, author of uh, the book Springsteen as Soundtrack and managing editor of Boss, the biannual online journal of Springsteen Studies. Welcome. Thank you for having me. You were you were one of the first people I wanted to bring on um, when I was first kind of like coming up with who should who who should I talk to because your book is so unique and such an interesting way into Springsteen um, that I, it's it's fantastic. So I'm just really glad that you could join me today. Thank you. I really wanted to talk with you as well. So super excited. Uh, so my my kind of first question is if you can remember the first time you were aware of Springsteen, just period. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess the very first time would probably be from my mom. Um, I, it was around the time, like the essential Springsteen um, album came out and she, uh, she, my uncle like burned it for her and, um, we would listen to it in the car a lot. And at the time I was super like into like 1980s culture because I was obsessed with back to the future. Um, so I just kind of like immediately gravitated towards like dancing in the dark and born in the USA. Like I just really enjoyed those songs and I remember listening to them with my mom you know distinctly like in the car so I I think that's definitely my first like memories that's that feels like a lot of people that I've talked to it it seems that um somehow they came to Springsteen via their parents which is Mm -hmm. is interesting same with Bob Dylan um I part of the reason I really love your angle um, for your book is that I actually came to both Springsteen and to some extent Bob Dylan, but uh, to a lesser extent, but really to Springsteen via movies. Um, Mm -hmm. My parents were not Springsteen fans. Um, They just sort of missed it somehow. I, even though they're the, like my dad and Springsteen are like the exact same age. I think they're like a week apart or something, but Mm -hmm. um, you know, that wasn't really the kind of music they listened to. And so they completely, like we didn't have Springsteen and, and I remember um, coming to him from Cameron Crowe basically is how I found Springsteen. Um, And so, so when you first, um, you know, dropped that you were working on this book, I was like, this is such a great way in because I think a lot of the music that I love the most is music that I came to via movies. And, and I have to think a lot of people come that way. And, and, but you don't see a lot of, of, um, sort of studies of the intersection of soundtrack and and music, really. Um, mm-hmm. So I love that. Um, before we get into talking about your book, though, I, I want to get your thoughts on the Thunder Road lyric <laughs> controversy because I I just think it's hilarious. Yeah, I I think it's like. I think it's funny how just like all of a sudden, you know, I mean, like 
people within like the Springsteen fan community, you know, talk about it a lot, but like all of a sudden it's this like, you know, people are reporting about it and um, I don't know, there's just seems to be this bigger buzz about it. Um, myself personally, I, I always heard waves. Um, I'm kind of like hard of hearing. So I just, I didn't, I don't know if maybe I was mixing it up, but I just always heard waves. Um, so that's how I always sang it. Um, and I kind of like that because I don't know, it's not like the obvious rhyme, but I don't know. That's sort of my stance on it, but that's just from mishearing. <laughs> yeah. I, I always thought the one that was the most misheard was, um, I'm on fire, right? Because I always yes. heard Sway's, and I didn't realize that there was a Sway's Waves beef. Like, I, this, the, the news cycle, I was like, wait a minute, there's two ways to hear that. I had never known that. <laughs> but I'm on fire. I remember thinking it was um, cut a six inch valley through the middle of my soul. I heard soul every time I heard it. And then I looked the lyrics up, and it's skull. And you're like, wait a minute, this is much darker. Um, I know. Yeah. Right? I, that one's. Kind of, yeah, that one's very dark, and I, but no, there's like this whole like thing like Springsteen fans like team waves and team sways, so I don't know. It's it's a big thing. <laughs> it's it's definitely interesting to see how people heard what they heard, and I particularly mm-hmm. like um, you pointing out sort of the the hard of hearing element because that's something that isn't really discussed when people talk about misheard lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and which is obviously like a lot of things in our, our society is a bit ableist. So uh, that's a good thing to remind, remind people that like, not everybody can actually hear it all that well. Um, and, and then you yeah. have like, not all, you know, now we have the internet and so song lyrics are, you know, all over the place. But back in the day, it's like, if it was on the sleeve, you knew what it said. And if not, you know, maybe they would release a compilation, but um, for the longest time, and I think that's why we have so many famously misheard lyrics, is, like, the lyrics weren't really widely available to, like, dissect. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's a whole other thing, like, with this, um, this ways and sways, or sways and wave, I can't even say it. <laughs> They're so close. Um, that whole debate, like, um, yeah, like people, apparently it's like different in this liner note, it's different on his website. So I don't know. I think Bruce, he tends to go back and forth sometimes with things. So perhaps we'll never really know. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like thinking it's kind of a mystery. I think that's good. <laughs> I'm a fan of that. Um, okay, so let's let's sort of dive into your into your book. For those who maybe don't um, know what it is. Do you want to give like a, a an elevator pitch on, on what your book is? So Springsteen a Soundtrack uh, takes a look at 13 films and television shows that not only use Bruce on the soundtrack, but uh, deal with kind of some of the larger uh, themes within his work. So every every chapter and every film covers an important theme. So for example, um, my chapter on this film in country, which is about uh, Vietnam veterans, obviously talks about you know how Vietnam has 
been you know such a staple in Bruce's work. Um, the the film American Honey uh, is a road movie. It features Dream Baby Dream on the soundtrack. So I discuss you know Springsteen's you know a long history of of uh, having you know songs about being on the road um, and what that means. You know his interpretation of just America as a whole. So every every chapter is sort of, you know, it, it focuses on how the songs are used within the film itself, but then sort of goes to a wider scope of looking at that larger um, overarching theme. Yeah, I think the way that you structured your book is really thematically interesting. And, and because obviously you, the the grand scheme of like how many movies and TV shows include Springsteen is, is mm -hmm. insane. it's like way too many movies to, to really um, whittle it down. But the, the way that you did it, organized it thematically, I think not only is it, is a great look at how movies use music for theme, but also to showcase, um, like you said, Springsteen's, the themes that really are recurrent throughout his career um, how did you first come up with the idea, both just in the macro level of like Springsteen and movies and then the micro level of organizing it that way? Sure. Um, I, well, I think at the time I was, um, just like, you know, getting books at the library and just wanting to read more on Bruce and, you know, I was seeing, you know, a lot of books that covered the same topics. Um, you know, there's a lot of books on his, um, the, you know, the theme of religion, um, politics, um, just general or even um, like literature influences. But I saw nothing about film. And I was surprised because, you know, it was, if you read interviews with Bruce or you know, biographies, even his autobiography, you know, you see how influenced he is by film. And I, I, I was just surprised that there wasn't anything. And so I really, you know, I, I wanted, I made that my mission. I was like, I'm going to be the first one to write about it um, in a substantial way. Um, and in terms of structuring the book, you know, that's something that like, I could have easily just, you know, done something that really didn't go in depth and just, you know, I could have had more films and just did like a few paragraphs on each film. But I really, really wanted to go in depth and, and really look at how, how these directors were using Springsteen's voice to communicate their own thematic ideas and I've just always been fascinated by how music can just completely transform what you're seeing on screen um so yeah in in terms of structuring um I yeah I knew that maybe you know it it might not be what people were expecting from a, a Springsteen book on film but I wanted it to be in depth and I thought that would be a a rich text and something that people could really like dig their teeth into and enjoy. Um, so 
uh, as you mentioned, you know, there are like, there's like over 200 um, films that use Bruce's music. Um, so I really wanted, but I wanted to, um, you know, narrow down the kind of themes in Bruce's work that were the most important and finding a film that reflected that. And, you know, there were a lot of films that I really love, but that used Bruce's music, but, you know, I, I just didn't feel would, you know, fit within kind of the story I was trying to tell uh, with the chapters that I chose. And how long do you think you worked on this project? Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I, I believe it took me about um, like two and a half years. Um, I was very fortunate at the time. I was really only working like part time. Um, and during the research process, I had just graduated from my master's degree. So, you know, I, I had a, I was lucky enough to have um, time, time during the day and stuff to work on that. Like, right now, I'm working on another book, but I, I work full time. So, you know, it's going to be taking a little, a, a little longer. Um, but yeah, so it took me about two and a half years. Uh, yeah, and it was, you know, it was very, um, it was very challenging and, but rewarding process. Yeah, I have yet to tackle writing a book because I always come up, I think, I think what I, I really love about what you said about um, making a rich text is that uh, you really were able to focus on on what you thought was the most important gap that you could fill, right? And I think mm -hmm. part of the reason I've yet to write a book is I always come up with these ideas and they are way too broad and, and I, I don't have the discipline to like take it <laughs> and like shape it to something manageable. And so then I just mm -hmm. don't do it. Um, so I really applaud, I really applaud your um, ability to, to just be real, real stick to like, this is what I'm doing and all these other, you know, what is it, 200 and, or 180 movies, like, sorry, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't have, I don't have the uh, metal to do that. So that's really wonderful to hear. Um, Thank can you. you talk a little bit about, I remember when you posted, um, so for those who don't know, um, I feel like Caroline and I have known each other for at least five years, maybe longer. It's, mm -hmm. it's, been, a, it's been a while. So I remember yeah. when you, you know, I've watched, I watched uh, the various phases of, of um, your book. And I remember when you posted about the cover and why you chose the image you chose for the cover and, and how mm -hmm. intentional that choice was. And I, I would love um, if you want to share that story with people tell people what the cover is if they haven't seen it yeah so the cover is an image from philadelphia and it's of tom hanks it's uh the the scene where he's listening to that opera and you know he he's very into it and it's an extremely you know emotional moment um the and i do i do write about that moment in the book um and you know yes it's not it's not bruce springsteen on the cover and um it's you know you might not you might not necessarily realize what it is at first but what i like about it is it's showing you the power of music like this is a character who's you know completely overcome by the 
music and the lyrics that he's hearing. And that's exactly how you want to feel when you're watching, you know, these films and hearing Bruce's music um, intersected with um, cinema. So I, it was actually something that my publishers really like threw out. Um, it wasn't necessarily like, oh, this is my, uh, it wasn't necessarily like my, um, anything that I suggested to them, but I do like, really like it a lot. I think, I think it's a really powerful moment in the film. And I think the way that Springsteen is, is used in Philadelphia is not just because he won an Oscar, but is, is significant. And, and that is such a significant song in his, um, in his discography and specifically in the era when he was sort of on his own, you know, it was sort of that, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't quite broken up from the E street band, but he wasn't really writing with them at the moment. And, and, um, it all fits in really nicely with where he was in the nineties. And that music video yeah. is one of my favorite just period music videos. It's so intense. Yeah. Um, and also just crazy that it was a Springsteen versus Neil Young at the Oscars that year. Um, I feel like my dad was really upset that Neil Young lost. And um, I didn't have, I, at that point I didn't know who either of them were. So I didn't really have a, <laughs> a horse in that race, but um, I listen to them now and they're both beautiful songs. Oh yeah, I love the Neil Young song. It's so like haunting and it, just really, it really, it really is. I, I think the for me the big difference between like Springsteen and Neil Young is that Neil Neil Young tends to be more emotionally raw on the surface, like mm-hmm. the way that he sings and the way that his songs are orchestrated. Whereas yeah. Springsteen's emotional heft is in the lyrics. Not that mm-hmm. Neil Young doesn't have emotional lyrics, also, but. I, that's the main difference. When if, if I want to like cry, I'll mm-hmm. listen to Neil Young. You know, if, yeah. <laughs> if I want if I want to like feel bummed and or really exuberant, I'll listen to Springsteen depending <laughs> on the era. Um, that's like, Neil Young the perfect way. Cry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, is there a specific of all the 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 films that you or songs that you um, wrote about in your book? Is there one mm-hmm. you know that was like the closest to your heart? That's a great question. Uh, there's so many that I love. Um, honestly, I feel like, well, okay. I guess I, I guess I have two that I really love the most. Um, well, I, I just love in general um, the film Baby It's You and the way it uses um, spring. It just it, it feels like a string scene song come to life. It's about for those who don't know, it's a John Sayles film and um it's set in the nineteen sixties and it but it uses uh spring scenes music and it just really it it really I just think captures, you know um all just all those feelings of, of like a Springsteen song. And then the setting in New Jersey, there's even scenes in Asbury Park. It's just so perfect. Like, I love it. I, I, I just, that's like one of my comfort movies. Like I could just watch it all the time. Um, it's a really wonderful film. I actually hadn't, I hadn't seen it. So I, obviously it was on my radar for a long time because of the Springsteen component. Mm-hmm. 
but it was really hard to find for a while. And then it was on yeah. Blu-ray, but I, I didn't like blind buy it, you know, because I, I don't always blind buy things. And, mm-hmm. and then right before the quarantine started last year, like one of the last things I saw in theaters, they did a John Sales double feature at UCLA. Yeah, plan. and it was it was Baby It's You and Brother from Another Planet. And I'd seen Brother from Another Planet before, but Baby It's You, this was like my first time watching it. And I'm forgetting the name of the actor, but the lead actor came and like talked after the movie and oh told God. all kinds of stories about New Jersey and John Sales. And well, John Sales was there. He told stories with John Sales. And they <laughs> regaled us with like why Springsteen is so important to just as you said, to the story and how the story sort of came out of, even though it's set pre-Springsteen, it is so, yeah. it is so Springsteen. Um, <laughs> and they had yeah. to fight, I think they had to fight with the studio to like keep the Springsteen. And mm-hmm. the guy didn't, the, the studio had honcho guy, like just didn't get what they were trying to do. And it's like, come on, man. Per- perfect movie. <laughs> I I'm like so bummed because right before the pandemic I was super close to um programming like having baby it's you screen uh in Asbury and I was trying to get you know John Sales to do a Q&A but oh, sadly I know that been but, amazing was that gonna be at the um what was that theater called the showroom yes the showroom yeah. um yeah I used to um, – I went there for my birthday one year. My birthday is right before the 4th of July, so I went oh. to Asbury Park so that I could, like, listen to Sandy on the 4th of July in Asbury oh. Park, like a, like a big nerd. Um, That's it was awesome. Good. It was good. You're you're from New Jersey, though, right? Or you, you live in New Jersey? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Tom's River. Um, I – and then, like, I went to college in Virginia, and then – my parents had like moved down south so I was away for a while then I was in New York for a bit but now I'm back in Jersey and I'm probably gonna stay <laughs> so yeah it's good to be back <laughs> um yeah I, I I I feel like I really loved being in New Jersey that summer mm-hmm. it was I know that New Jersey obviously has many seasons, but it feels like a perfect like summer place. place yeah, least, at least totally. the, the, you know, the Jersey Shore is, and um, I truly loved just being. It was like being in a Springsteen song when I was yeah. there, because it was like Madame Marie was there, and <laughs> you know, just all these things that are in his lyrics. Um, what does it for you as a as a someone who grew up in New Jersey and currently lives there like what mm-hmm. what does that what is his like what, what does it make you feel as a New Jerseyan that you have such a great you know artist from your from your state mm-hmm. I I think that's uh such a such a big part of what makes his music so great is that sense of place and just the way you know he describes describes place and in such a um in such a cinematic way in such a like detailed way you know he's he's giving his characters like a a, an authentic you know space to exist in and I think that just makes his music stronger um so yeah I mean even though I'm from here like it's still like cool to me like to whenever I go to Asbury I'm like oh yeah that was in Bruce's song 
you know, and I don't know. It's just, it's just exciting. And it, it has this very distinctive feel and, you know, that's what Bruce talks about in his autobiography. Like he wanted to separate himself from uh, the New York artists at the time and, you know, being a part of Jersey and the Jersey Shore, like, is, is you know, a an integral uh, component of what makes him, you know, so special. Um, what, what do you think is your favorite Springsteen song? Like, if you could choose one, if you could choose one. Yeah, oh my gosh. I know, it's so hard. Like, because um, I feel like, hmm. I really like, no, and I don't mean this in like a snobby, like, I only like obscure things kind of way, but like, I really like some, like, obviously, like, I love Thunder Road. Um, That means, oh, actually, no, I'm gonna, <laughs> my answer is, I really love uh, The Promise. Because, oh, it's a beautiful song. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, I think that's what made me more than like that's what made me a fan and maybe something even deeper than a fan like before I had heard Springsteen's music and you know I enjoyed it um but that was the first time I heard something from him that I was like holy crap like that he just the the emotions that he tapped into um the you know the angst and the just oh everything uh yeah it's just very very powerful he really does. Song. He really does tap into, especially in his later seventies films or films songs. He really does tap <laughs> into um, a certain sort of angst that was brewing. I think during the seventies recession, and mm-hmm. in a way that that um, you know a lot of other artists took that energy and turned it into punk music, right? And mm-hmm. um, he found a way to infuse that same kind of punk anger into just straight up rock and roll. Um, yeah, which is amazing, and part of why I love him. I think you can totally go obscure, though. My, I always say my favorite um, Springsteen album is Tunnel of Love, and that's just I'm, I stand by it. Like I love Tunnel of Love. It's I, I love Tunnel of Love. <laughs> I listen to it more than any of his other. The other one that I have in the last few years that has really um, become like a comfort, weirdly a comfort <laughs> album for me is um, Wrecking Ball. Like, (laughs) it's such an angry record, but I love it so much. Like, it really, it really speaks to me. Um, That's awesome. They're great. They're great albums. But the thing that's so wonderful about Springsteen, and I think is like eloquently shown in your, in your book is the way that he has so many different phases and so many different themes Mm -hmm. and so many different ways of tackling the same themes. Yeah. Um, He's just a really rich artist to get into and and I think no matter what kind of music you like there's probably a way in to Springsteen mm-hmm. yeah definitely I mean it's in, he does I mean I'm not I'm not as much of a like m- musical connoisseur as I am probably like film like I I dabble in more genres of film than I do in music but I I think even I can see you know how Bruce you know, he plays with so many different kinds of music, you know, not, not just rock and not just, you know, it just, 
it's it's just amazing. Like like even like on Wrecking Ball, there's so many different like sounds and influences, and I I just think that's one of the things that I think is so cool about Bruce. Like he's willing to experiment and he's good at it all. <laughs> he really is good at like he could do anything. Yeah. He really can do anything. Anytime I have somebody who's like, I don't like Springsteen, I'm always like, okay, what do you like? And mm-hmm. then I will recommend you like five songs and I guarantee you uh, you'll like at least yeah. one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I was going to, I was going to ask, um, we, we brought up song. We brought up, well, we brought up song. We didn't bring up album. Do you have a favorite album? Yeah, I mean, I was actually going to say I Tunnel of Love as well. Um, I, yeah, I, I love Tunnel of Love. Um, I really like The Ghost of Tom Joad. I mean, obviously, I, you know, I enjoy Boy in the Run. I think it's incredible. Um, but yeah, there's something about Tunnel of Love, just, you know, those, uh, you know, the mini, like, domestic dramas that I really get into. Um, I love Valentine's Day on that album. Valentine's Day is such a heartbreaking song. Yes. It is. I know. I just, oh, my God. <laughs> I I just think it's so sweet. Like, you know, because he's taking, I just think it's an interesting song, too, because he's taking, you know, a character that's on the road, you know that's his archetype but you know having having him instead of running from his family he's trying to get back home towards his family so I don't know it's just I love it (laughs) it it really it really is such a beautiful beautiful Mm -hmm. capper to that album yeah Um, so I know that you just recently saw Springsteen on Broadway the the new one but I know that you've seen it before also and so I'm wondering like maybe how how many times have you seen Springsteen? <laughs> yeah, I've actually, I haven't seen Bruce oh, super a lot. Um, I've probably seen him around like maybe 10 times. Um, that, that feels like a lot. I've only seen him twice, so I'm, I'm incredibly jealous. But also you're in New Jersey, so I feel like that, that makes it a lot easier. But um. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so, you know, some people very, very, I mean, they've been following him for, you know, decades. I wasn't, you know, around for a long Yeah, lot. yeah. Um, but the, yeah, so, you know, people really rack up the numbers. So I feel like I pale in comparison. But yeah, actually, a lot of my Bruce, um, I guess, uh, seeing Bruce live uh, is really from the Broadway show um, just because I lived in the city and I I couldn't stop myself from trying to get you know last minute tickets all the time <laughs> mm-hmm. that, I mean yeah. that, that's what I would do if if I had the ability to do that um, I famously I think I've told the story a few times but it's like I can never not tell it because it's one of the big regrets of my life um, I got one of those, you know, verified fan codes for mm-hmm. the first run of, of Springsteen on Broadway. And at the time, the tickets were only like $75. They weren't very expensive in the terms yeah. of like how they how they ended up being, you know, like $500 later on. So I got one of the codes. It wasn't very expensive, but I was in a meeting at work. And instead of, you know, being like, hey, excuse me, I got to go to the bathroom and just going to the bathroom and buying a ticket on my phone. I waited till the meeting was over. And by then 
it was sold out. And like, I, I can't believe I did that. Like what, that was a, that is such a regret. It's such a stupid choice. I should, I should have just, I should have just been like, I got an emergency ticket, you know? Um, and then, so I signed up for like, um, you know, they were like signed up for when we have tickets released or whatever. And I remember getting a text message from Ticketmaster, I guess. And it was like, we have tickets on June 30th, which is my birthday. And I was like, oh my God, my birthday. And I clicked on it and it was like, get these tickets for $1,200. And I'm like, uh-huh. dang it, I don't have $1,200. Like, I what know. are you doing to me? Um, oh my God. So when, what was the first, uh, do you remember what the first concert of his you saw was? Yeah, I um I think it was the High Hopes tour and mm. I went with my mom. Uh yeah, I went with my mom and it was in Virginia Beach. So and you know, we weren't like close up or anything, but you know, I was just so excited um to just be like in the same space <laughs> at the same time. Um, what's the Virginia Beach kind of um venue like? Oh man. Well, I, so I went again. Um, and I mean, it, it's a great venue overall because it's not like, I mean, there's like a lawn. So you could, you know, be, be like on the grassy area kind of far away, but like even no matter where you are, like in the seats, you're fairly close. Um, and the second time that I went, I had GA tickets. Um, and, uh, I, I lucked out very much because I ended up get like getting the front row. Um, but what's cool about that venue is like, normally with GA, there's like a pit, which is being super close for those who don't know. And then, you know, just not as close. Um, but like with Virginia beach, it's like, the whole GA floor is pretty much the pit. Like you're super, super close up there. Um, but yeah, I, I was very, very fortunate. I got the front row. Um, and yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> front row for Springsteen is like the way to go. I, 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 the I first know. time I, I saw him was at um, Bonnaroo and I managed to um, get right in front right there it was the working on a dream tour got to see got you know got to see clarence all the things um it was very hot it was in an outdoor festival in tennessee Mm -hmm. um but like being right there i can't imagine not doing that i mean the, the second time i saw him i was not that close and it was still a great show because no matter where you are it's amazing but it was nowhere near as as wonderful as that very first time so how many times did you end up getting to see the Springsteen on Broadway? So I, um, quite, quite an ordeal, you know, that first, uh, go around like with Ticketmaster and getting verified. Um, I was never, ever verified. Um, so I actually had a few like kind of cool, lucky things happen. Um, I, so the very first time I saw it, I saw like the preview show and mm. yeah. And that was just, um, a friend, a friend of mine, um, had heard that there was a rehearsal and said, you should just go, you know, see what's going on. Uh, so I did. And, um, you know, I stood outside and I just 
there were a couple other people there and I just stood stood out there until you know it was getting closer to showtime and it was like it was like an invited dress rehearsal um and then Bruce's tour manager came out and gave the group of people out there tickets so wow yeah I know it was like super cool um so I ended up seeing you know this was before opening night uh the ticket itself it doesn't even say spring scene on Broadway it just says workshop (laughs) wow Um, yeah so that was super cool and then the other times I saw it you know one time I waited at the box office another time um I think I had I had someone uh they they bought it they got a code so they got me a ticket um and then the last time um I had like a StubHub gift card so I was like I'm gonna use it for Bruce <laughs> so yeah a lot of weird little circumstances I never I never was verified <laughs> it was a weird it was a weird way to do um do tickets but I'm I'm glad they I guess I'm glad they did it that way so that you um there weren't like poachers and stuff because obviously mm-hmm. poachers is such a big uh problem and I'm I'm glad when artists try their best to keep that out that said after the all the tickets went for sale and then they were like $500 it's like that yeah. didn't quite mm-hmm. that didn't quite work out um, yeah but you know, um, I've heard really great things about seeing it on on the Broadway. But I, I'm, I am grateful that they filmed it and that I got yeah. to see you know the Netflix version. And um, we'll always be we'll always be grateful for that because uh, I remember when it dropped. Like I woke up early so that I could watch it like mm-hmm. first thing that day. And, and it was like December and kind of cozy. And um, it felt, it felt good to, to spend that, that time. I actually still haven't read his, his memoir. I feel like a poser. I have it. I just haven't read it. Um, and I know that he, I know that he draws from it in the, in the show. So I, I need to, mm-hmm. I just need to do it. I don't know. I don't know why I haven't read it. I just, I, you should do not- the audio book. Does he, does he narrate he, it? He, he reads mm. it. So it's kind of, it's like funny, like how he colors his words. So that might be more fun, actually. Yeah, I love his voice. So that, mm-hmm. you know, he's such a great storyteller in his, in his live yeah. shows. Um, so you, so you saw him ten, 10 times. Um, were all the shows, you know, somewhere in the three hour range? Yeah, I mean, so I think I've only seen technically like four four concerts. So yeah, they were they were I, I don't think any of them were under three hours. Um some the the ones I went to on the river tour, um they were like notoriously long. Um not they weren't like the longest ones, but like that entire tour he was just known for really just not <laughs> leaving the stage. <laughs> um, so yeah, those were really cool. Um, I love that. I love that. I, I only saw the river tour the one time it was great. And then yeah. they literally, they literally blew up the uh, USC auditorium afterwards. 
which is oh, crazy. Um, yeah. It, yeah, they play. I think he played two or three shows, and then they demolished it. And it was like, whoa. Right. Um, but he played Wrecking Ball because of that. So that was always – that was good. Oh, that yeah. was good. I appreciated awesome. that. Um, so back back to your back to your book. Where um, where can people pick this up? Is it available all over the place or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much anywhere you can get books. Um, it's on Amazon. It's on uh, BarnesandNoble.com. Um, it's on uh, the publisher is McFarland. You can get it on their website as well. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty much pretty much anywhere. <laughs> and um, what, I for, I forget now. It's been out for a while. What year did it come out? Um, that's a good question. I'm like, when did it come out? Uh, I think it was it was 2020, right? Yeah. Was it? <laughs> yeah, I guess it was like right. Was it like right before? It was January. Yeah, I yeah. feel like it was like right before everything yes. kind of <laughs> fell apart. Yes. I had my book party in February, so it was, yeah, you're right. It was right before. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's unfortunate. That's why you didn't get to do your screening. That's a bummer. Maybe you'll get to do the screening now. I, well, right? that, maybe, that well, the, the, yeah, the, the movie theater yeah. in Asbury Park is not, not there. Yeah. But. I, you know, I got to get things together. I was also supposed to, um, the Monmouth County Historical Association, they had a Springsteen exhibit. Um, and, you know, sadly, I mean, they were shut even like, even longer than when things started opening up again. And I was going to do a lecture there. I was so excited. Um, but, you know, hopefully, I'm sure, I mean, there's plenty of spring scene, maybe things going on. But I, yeah, I definitely want to plan some try and plan some things again yeah it's um it's definitely like there's a lot of things I was hoping to do last year that just like last year just doesn't exist you know yeah yeah that's Um, pretty much it (laughs) but you know I know that you recently celebrated something fantastic in Asbury Park (laughs) do you want to you want to talk a little bit about if yes. you feel comfortable. No, I'm, it's all good. Um, yeah, I I got married. I got married in Asbury Park um, at Tim McQueen's Supper Club. Uh, Amazing. Yeah, no, it was a beautiful venue and just a lovely, lovely day. Um, I My husband is a Springsteen fan. I met him at Springsteen on Broadway. I was waiting for, I was waiting for, to get an autograph on a poster Steven was waiting to get an autograph on his arm. Um, and, yeah, <laughs> we both got our autographs, and yeah, we that's yeah, that's how we met. <laughs> I was not that's, expecting it. <laughs> that's an absolutely amazing story. Um, I love seeing your photos on the boardwalk. Um, it really brought back how beautiful Aww. Asbury Park is, and, mm-hmm. and I couldn't, couldn't imagine a better place for a wedding and for a celebration of, and especially, I didn't know that that's how the two of you had met until you were sort of posting about that. And I was like, this is so perfect. Like you couldn't, you know, so pandemic took a a lot from a lot of us, but um, to see something like that, it really shows just how, how much perseverance people have and how Mm -hmm. you can just still have something good even 
<laughs> amongst oh, all of this you. stuff. It was really <laughs> wonderful to see. Thank um, you. <laughs> and it just made me so happy. So, and then, you know, you've got this lovely book and you have all these memories and it's just, <laughs> it's, it's I, I'm sure, you know, somewhere in the ethos, um, Springs or ethos, ether, Springsteen, like <laughs> feels all that energy and, and, you know, feel like we're all kind of connected whether we know it or not. And yeah, it makes me yeah. happy. Oh yeah. It's amazing. Like, you know, what, what, um, I don't know, like what Bruce, you know, gives, gives to people, like without even knowing it, like I uh, just, I've also made like so many friends and um, it's definitely, I think, you know, fans of Springsteen, it's like a, a strong, you know, community and, and yeah, I, I just think it's awesome. <laughs> it is a wonderful community. I've, I've found so many friends that um through springsteen i so i think it was 2009 maybe mm -hmm. um i started a tumblr called uh fuck yeah the boss and oh, yeah. Oh, uh, God, fuck, I remember that. fuck yeah the boss and i made a lot of friends um via via that uh like via that that Tumblr and and um I really enjoyed meeting like I, I have a friend who's Italian who um also does like serious academic Springsteen studies and like I nice. would never have met I would never have met her if it wasn't yeah. through that um you know one of my one of my best friends also from New Jersey her name's Ariani um she I met her through the Springsteen Tumblr it's just like um that's awesome you know, I love, I will always write or die for Tumblr, but I think particularly if you're a big fan of something, Tumblr was a great way to find other people who were a big fan and, and Springsteen fans are such a, a wonderful, um, community. And, and I haven't, you know, been anywhere where someone who likes Springsteen turned out to be awful, mm -hmm. um, like knock on wood, like hopefully that I don't, that doesn't happen at some point, you know, cause there's, uh, theoretically a long time for me to meet <laughs> that one Springsteen fan who's a jerk, you know, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you met him at a book signing? Yeah, he did this, um, he did this book signing for, um, his memoir. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was like, it was crazy. Um, I, at the time I was in grad school, so I was in Savannah and when they first announced it, like they didn't announce that many places. So it was pretty much all like, I feel like the tri-state area and like, you know, big cities, like, you know, Chicago, mm. like essentially it wasn't, there wasn't anything down South. So I was like, hmm, do I, do I drive? Do I fly? I can't really afford to fly. So do I drive 10 hours? Um, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I think I'll drive 10 hours. I mean, I split it up, but yeah it was it was it was crazy like um you know I made it up to Jersey and then and then like I heard that someone was waiting online already and it was like 4 a.m so I was like I guess I better go get in line um yeah and you I don't know it was just kind of a crazy blur like that was the first time like I had never I had never like I had only seen Bruce from like very far away at concerts. So this was my first time ever like seeing him 
in the flesh, <laughs> like, you know, like really up close. Um, so yeah, I just, I don't even, it, it was hard to like, you know, keep it together, I think. <laughs> that's, that's an amazing story. I don't know that I could handle, I don't know that I could handle um, meeting him in person. I feel like I would like completely freak out. Um, yeah yeah it was kind of like I was like drilling over and over again what I wanted to like say um and like I think I did say it but like I was just I don't know it was it was pretty wild um yeah and yeah luckily and I was like one of one of the first like people so they weren't like rushing as much so it was it was yeah, I don't have really the words for it because it was kind of like an out-of-body experience, I guess. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that that's how I would feel. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I met David Lynch a few years ago. I a few years ago. Oh wow. Like eight years ago. And that's that's kind of how it was. Like I like theoretically I met him, right? But like I feel like my body and my soul had like completely detached because it was such an overwhelming experience to meet oh someone whose work meant so much to me so I feel like yeah. that's that's probably what would happen if I ever actually met Springsteen I would like absolutely um yeah lose my mind um but yeah. maybe in a good way maybe that's a good thing I don't know yeah um, it, it's like weird to like I don't know because like when I listen to Bruce like I feel I feel like he just like, like, he touches my, like, you know, deepest, like, emotions and, you know, feelings, like, like, he feels like my friend in a way, like, he's just so, he's, like, a comfort to me, and I don't mean that in, like, a creepy way, like, I understand, like, you know, Bruce is a person, I, I'm, I'm just talking about, like, Bruce is an artist, like, I, and it's just, it was just weird to be, like, you you mean so much to me, but you don't know who I am. Like yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's that whole like confluence of like thoughts, I guess, and feelings and intensities. I don't know. It was it was crazy. <laughs> I I love that. I feel like I would I would die. So I'm probably a good thing <laughs> that I haven't. Um, yeah. Well, on on I guess on that note, now that neither of us have died, and that's good. <laughs> Um, if, if you, I think my last, my last question, cause this was a question my previous guest asked and I thought it was a really great question. So I'm stealing it. If you, um, wanted to get somebody into Springsteen and they had no, no, nothing. They had, they didn't know anything. They had never heard any song, any album. Mm -hmm. Um, what album would you suggest they listen to? Yeah, I think about this a lot. Um, I actually, I think I would give them Starkness because I just feel like it kind of captures, you know, it it has, I don't know, it, it has that sort of, you know, that sense of place. Um, it has those characters, but then, you know, it has, especially those like working class characters that he's known for and that rock, that like pure rock and roll sound that you know really is kind of the heart of Bruce and yeah I I that's what I would use that's that's a good one I think that era right there is a good mixture 
between some of his, um, you know, darker stuff that he did. But it has a nice mixture of sort of the darker stuff, the emotional, romantic stuff, mm-hmm. and yeah. the and the exuberant stuff from mm-hmm. his early um, albums. That's a great answer. I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> I think I think I think about that a lot too because it's like, how do you? I had a friend um, from a job a couple years back that you know just thought he was very like uber American in a way that I think I think it, there's like a misinterpretation of him because of the way it was misconstrued in the 80s you know absolutely um, yeah and I, I was like how do I how do I convince this person that that's not right mm-hmm. and and I, I think I ended up sending um a live uh from the 70s a cut of racing in the street and I was like listen to this <laughs> it, will change, it will change your life I, I don't know if yeah. I actually convinced that person or not but I, I at least got them to watch that live cut of racing in the street so yes that's awesome like I just like especially like I just feel like with the younger generations even like some of my friends I like I just want so badly for them to understand like Bruce is not just like this dad rock he's not like born in the USA, like, that whole image, like, there is just so much more, like, the the emotional depth and just, oh, like, I just, I don't know. I just want to shout exactly. out the rooftops. <laughs> That's exactly it. It's, it's, there's, like, this miss, because born in the USA was so popular and the iconography mm-hmm. is so prevalent, yeah. people think he is the stars and stripes and the jeans, and it's, like, he he was kind of, but really it's so much deeper than that. And um, yeah, I, I definitely also always want to scream it from the rooftops. So <laughs> I, I feel like you said it exactly, exactly mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Um, well, I want to thank you for, for coming by and spending an hour with me. Well, coming by, you're on the internet, but we're all on the internet. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you for dropping by the space of the internet to, um, to chat Bruce with me again. And um uh, just one last time, tell everybody the name of, of your book and where they can where they can get it. Yeah, uh, my book is Spring Scene as Soundtrack, The Sound of the Boss, Film and Television. And you can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, McFarland, anywhere pretty much books are sold. Fantastic. And, and I highly recommend it. It's a really unique way of looking at both the musical artist and the way people use music in films. So can't recommend it enough um thank you again for dropping by and um thank you everybody for listening and if you like what you hear you know rate and subscribe and tell your friends and suggest things and and i'm always here for um suggestions of things to do shows on my my previous guest recommended a prog rock band that i had actually not heard of so now i'm gonna force him to come back on to talk about that prog rock band because he suggested it so um Definitely let me know out there, listeners, if there is something you think should be covered. And as always, rock on.